they are alleging that somebody has paid you to run for president. They are alleging that you are a Zanu-PF project. I am against the, the, the idea that sanctions do exist on the country and affect the people. But if there are people that are doing, that cause threat to another country or doing illicit things that affect another country, that country has a right to put sanctions on individuals or, or private companies. But when they're state institutions, uh, then we have a problem. I maintain, and, and I realize that my views are not shared widely, mm -hmm. particularly within the opposition camp, that um, the sanctions are actually hurting the common person. Mm -hmm. They might not be imposed on state institutions uh, or the government per se, but the fact that our financial institutions are having a back and getting correspondent bank uh, money is becoming expensive because of the sanctions. My view is that all the sanctions ought to be lifted to allow Zimbabweans to leave. But like you, I agree that some of the things we've done have invited sanctions upon us. Mm -hmm. And that is, it, it's incumbent upon us to work on the things that have been cited as causes for, elect, for, for sanctions either to, to, to be lifted. Any pushback from you? Yeah, you know, um, I would agree and, and probably challenge the monetary side because the monetary policy, you know, Sanctions didn't make us go from U.S. dollar to RTGS. That was made somewhere in a high tower and destroyed foreign direct investment. We don't pay our bills. That affects foreign direct investment. What happens is we create a perception in the world. And you, know, you and I know this from the business side. Just a perception in business can affect a relationship or an opportunity to, to succeed or engage somewhere. So when we create the perception that we don't seem to have a handle on our economic policy, the, the perception starts, starts running wild and people become scared or nervous I, I to, to say Perception is reality. It right? is. Because uh, backing the, uh, the perception can be, can be difficult. Let's move on as quickly as we may mm -hmm. to land. Okay. What view do you take? I mean, blood has been shed mm -hmm. um, since this land reform thing uh, was, was announced. What view do you take about land? Should we have a land audit? Should land be given back to uh, the previous white owners, should they be compensated? What, where, where do you stand? It is a, uh, that one's a tricky one, uh, like a uh, handful of other uh, issues that we need to address in our, in our national past. Um, it is a very tricky one. I think that the, the land audit should take place uh, because I know in my hometown there is a particular individual that owns a tremendous amount of land that they're not using and they're renting it back out to some, some farmers. Yeah. Yeah, we can. There's, there's <laughs> lots of that yeah, it is. And uh, so... I think what we'd want to do is look at the judicial process first. Of course, our judiciary right now is, is, a complete, uh, is in complete collapse and disarray. We would want to go back there and open up investigations. I believe that there are some farmers that legitimately purchased farms. And then there's some farmers that might have uh, taken over the land. We don't know what that looks like, and nor do I have a, a tremendous detail on that. But we would want to put a, a commission in place to ensure that where atrocities were committed, that those atrocities, have, their accountability needs to be done. And then beyond the, um, you know, 2002 and, and that time frame and that time period, uh, we want to make sure that um, if any land was taken or um, people used their power in government to acquire massive plots of land, that that is also rectified uh, because those are ill-gotten gains. 
So we would want to come back and fight that. So the land is a very tricky one. I don't think there's a real straight answer there. And I also don't believe no one entity is going to walk away from any decision happy about it. Mm. The key question is, where do we find reconciliation in that process that is balanced and that is, uh, that is fair, that allows the country to progress and become productive with that very same land? So we want to make sure that um, it's, it's, it's a terrible um, history as a few other uh, uh, parts of our history in our national dialogue. But as part of our peace and reconciliation um, initiative, uh, land is a big is a big factor of that, and we have to have all the facts at the table uh, in order to really and engage all parties at the table. But there is there was corruption in that process as well that needs to be addressed. And and the fact, Robert, like you allude, um, that they are black farm, they are black people who are allocated land. Yes, have not been able to use that land. They are inviting white farmers who used to own that land to come and work on that land. What does that tell us? Yeah, that one is, uh, it's interesting. Um, it's, it's corruption. Uh, you know, depending how that land was given away and we go back and review it. And I think we're talking about the same, same, same point in, in my hometown that owns a tremendous amount of land and is renting it back out to the, to the white, the previous owner who's now making production on that land. Um, it's a very tricky, uh, tricky thing, but it's corruption. If, if that land, and even we had a situation even in, in Matabel and in Bilal, uh, just outside where another, um, someone in government took someone else's farm, just came there and claimed it. These things shouldn't be happening uh, at all. Uh, you know, they shouldn't be happening at all. And we don't have a judicial system to, 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 to fix that. So uh, our government in our peace and reconciliation is going to uh, straighten that line. And where accountability needs to be needs to be done, it's going to be done. If there was fraud or uh, abuse of power, abuse of office, um, and corruption that took place, uh, that will be handled as well, because those are ill-gotten gains, and that 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 we need to make sure that is straightened. There. Yeah, but for me, Robert, the the, the big point issue there for me, I mean, we see these things differently. Is that we are not all not all not every black person is a farmer, okay? So. The fact that I'm black does not mean that I'm entitled to a farm. Correct. A farm must be given to somebody who's competent. Mm -hmm. When I'm given a farm and then I invite back the white farmer, what does that say? I mean, I'm not a farmer. You're I should farm. not have been given land. That's we, my point. Yes, which is what I'm going back to is how do they get that land, right? There's the, something happened for that individual to receive that land illicitly. Something happened there. And that essentially would be either corruption, nepotism, abuse of office, whatever the case may be. Uh, but equally, we... We also want to be careful that we are not just looking at uh, land allocation just based simply on production. I think it's okay for someone to say, I have money or I have financial means to purchase land that I want to, to leave to my family. Land. Yes, and leave it for my and family. Not to get it for free. Correct. Yeah. And so, you know, we get into things like title deeds and so forth and, and, and monetary systems that allow people to purchase land that can be left as generational wealth, uh, whether they farm it or don't farm it. Um, we want to look at those. But if there's land that is, uh, used as part of our economic strategy, whether you know for uh, for grain and and for and for production productivity, we need to go back and review that because that's really where we're seeing uh, previous corruption that is still existing today. Robert, I put it to you that even if were you to win the elections, if the military didn't want you to occupy state house, you'd have to go back to America. What's the pushback on that? I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't go back to the States. Um, 
I'm here. And it, as we mentioned before, the institution of the Democratic Union of Zimbabwe is to out, outlast me. Yeah, but what does it mean to say you've won, but we don't think you, you, you should be the president for whatever reason. Yes. Uh, you know, you didn't fight in the liberation war. Um, we don't think you, you ought to come in. Are you aware of that as I a am. factor? Very much aware. Um, and it's a, which is one of the reasons why, you know, we, you know, the question you'd asked earlier and said, you know, would you work with other people? This is why we need a bigger uh, entity going after this. Here's the thing. I think that uh, I believe the military, uh, folks in the military are now also aware of how vulnerable they are and that their quality of life is not improving, even if it's not them directly. Their relatives are living in, in this dirt poor poverty. They don't have jobs. They're being laid off or they don't have access to certain services uh, either in urban or rural communities. So I believe that they're awake to this. What you know, we would encourage them to look at is the people at the top, you know, are they serving their interest as well? But let's assume that that result does happen. Okay, great. You've won the election. We've seen this in our country before. You've won the election, but there's no transition of power. We're hoping that we're at a place of... Um, of alertness as a region within the SADC region and within the African continent, that some pressure is applied to say, hey, listen, an election was won here and there needs to be a transition of power. How do we make this smooth and effective? We saw that great example done in just north of us in Zambia. You know, everyone expected this thing, you know, that there was going to be some sort of turmoil and it was very smooth. The outgoing uh, leader at the time handed the keys over and they received and, they, and it, was, it was just that. I remember the picture of him of Egalungu walking out. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know what? That's the, you've saved your country from, from bloodshed. Yes, you've saved your country from bloodshed. And so we hope that uh, this idea of holding on, of saying, you know, you didn't fight the liberation struggle. I think we're in another one, in, in a modern day one, an economic one uh, in this country that is imposed by a different type of regime. So we, I believe that... Um, We'll see how that transpires over the next few months and, and make sure that we're communicating even to the folks in the military that nothing's going to happen to you by change of government. In fact, the opportunity to improve the quality of life and the quality of the service you are providing to the, to the nation uh, is going to be greater uh, than what you're currently receiving today. Don't take the bag of rice or fertilizer. Don't, don't take that and then you suffer for the next five years. You know, let's allow the transition under the Constitution and let's see what happens in the next five years uh, in transition of government. But uh, we're counting on the region uh, to be more supportive than they did the last time this happened. Mm. You sound very confident, uh, Robert, that you, uh, you stand a good chance. Uh, I'm not so convinced, Robert, <laughs> but you are the one uh, in, the, in the trenches. If you don't win, are you going to hang around and run again in 2028 or thereabouts? Or this is it for you? No, no, no. So it's not, it's not it for me. Um, one of the things we looked at, so I'm going to use like even a cricket, cricket example. In cricket, you know, when you're a batsman, the, the, the goal, you know, the sort of like the, the height of the climax is a sixer, right? You hit, you hit, a, hit, a, hit a sixer and it goes over the, over the uh, barrier and you get six, you know, six runs. That's winning the presidential election, that's winning uh, seats in parliament, that's winning you know, uh, strategic seats in, in council. Um, that's that's, that's the, um, the sixer for us. The four runs, you know, sort of the grounder, uh, four runs is we you know, potentially lose the presidential election, but we win enough seats in parliament to, you know, to really put in real reforms in, over the next five years. 
So 2028 has better opportunity for opposition, whether the party chooses me as that candidate or not. You know, because I have to, I, I am a, the party is going to decide in 2028, whether that's me or not. I would like to be the candidate for 2028, uh, win or lose. I'll be going for a second, either going for a second term or be uh, pushing again for the first, for another first term or another run at at the office. But the party will decide that. Um, and so that's the that's the second option is we go into uh, into parliament. We field our candidates, real candidates, real reforms such things as the limitation report, some things as we're seeing with Zach and all these things we're seeing to ensure, you know, pushing the diaspora vote and making sure that, that is done correctly and prepared for 2028. So that is the, uh, the second option, but I'm not going anywhere. Mm. Supposing you win, what should be the three urgent issues? I know you've got your three pillars. Yes. Supposing you win, your first day in the office, what would be the three urgent issues that you would you would do, Robert? The very first one is, uh, they're really centered around those three pillars. The very first one is putting policy, economic policy that allows people to go back to, to start implementing jobs. We need our country working again. I believe that the relationship between government and private sector is extremely important. We need to look at our tax code and see what's hindering private sector from growing and really work with, with the government to ensure that policies are in place for them to start adding jobs back into the economy, to create incentives that create jobs in the, in the economy, a labor law that is really um, protects those workers and ensure that those workers have a livable wage that allows them to either put that money back into the economy through goods and services and making sure that uh, industries up and running. Very first one. Second issue is, is the biggest task is our judicial process. Mm -hmm. We need an overhaul of our judicial process and it needs to really work for the citizens. This goes everything from our police department. We have to invest in training and recruiting of our police department and making sure they have the equipment they need. Uh, the third one is ensuring that um, in modernization is making sure that our councils and our, uh, and our wards or constituents in districts are uh, functionally viable. We're talking about service delivery, some of the most basic fundamental needs, everything from access to clean water, making sure the, healthcare, uh, the health system is uh, starting to uh, move up and become intact. Today, we are a training hub for healthcare workers and they leave the country and they get visas out. We want them to stay and be part of that development process making sure they're paid well, they have the right equipment, we're sourcing that equipment. We need fire department, ambulances. So we want to make sure that we're working hand in glove with councils, uh, either through our government or even in opposition. The goal is to make sure the country is viable. We need to look inside that modernization is where our domestic and international uh, trade policy is working. I believe the greatest opportunity that exists there is the African Continental Free Trade Agreement, immediately, is to immediately see how we can provide goods and services to other African countries on the continent. Minima and immediately put a cap on inflation, stabilize the currency, and begin to get people working again. A quick one, the, the diaspora vote. Yes. What's your view on that? Uh, the diaspora vote is very important because they're contributing a tremendous amount to the economy. That's really what's keeping uh, informal and some of the formal sector alive is the, uh, is, the is the diaspora remittances. And I'm one of those people that sends money in, in the tune of billions of dollars. The key part is making sure there is framework and uh, ways to get that diaspora done. We've got great, uh, we've looked at technology around blockchain to ensuring that's there very quickly. So there's some technologies that already exist, even from monitoring our health, um, you know, sort of our community health and population health process, which is part in our manifesto as well. We're going to really utilize blockchain technology to make sure that people can vote even directly from their phone mm -hmm. uh, through uh, verification processes. So we're excited about that process. It obviously have to be tested out but blockchain is going to be a big part of ensuring that anyone in the diaspora, even in the country, has the ability to either get a birth certificate 
and get verified as a Zimbabwean, and then we have the ability to vote uh, as well in the in the 2020 elections. For 2023, there's no time for there's no time left for that. We've got enough problems with ZEC as it is. To let's look at 2028, but it requires uh, members of parliament putting these um, these bills and these reforms in front of parliament and arguing these uh, very viciously and very aggressively that these these things are uh, are put in place in time for the next election. Robert, I'm going to put you on the spot now and ask you to <clears throat> speak, looking at that camera there, um, speak to the people that are going to decide whether you become the president of Zimbabwe or not, and explain to them why you are different from President Mnangagwa, who's going to be a candidate, why you're different from Nelson Chamisa, who's also a candidate. Why should Zimbabwe vote for you? If you could address them looking at that camera, Robert. Sure. My name is Robert Chapman. I'm the presidential candidate for the Democratic Union of Zimbabwe. Over the last several decades since independence, the country has not progressed. Today, you're living in dirt poor poverty. Your council uh, service delivery is not functional. You're seeing illicit corruption taking place all around you. The cash that you have is you don't know whether it works today or it's going to work tomorrow. You have no power, no connectivity to the world. And you, make, and you don't even have access to clean drinking water. One of the key issues that are fundamental to this country. In our, in our presidential campaign, in our policy, in our government, we want to ensure that we fix those for you. One of the first things we want you to do is take a look outside and look in your community and ask yourself whether you're in a community that's run by opposition or a community run by government. And ask yourself, has that worked for you over the last 10 years? And if it hasn't, over the next four to five months, we're asking you to keep an open mind and then take a look at us closely take a look at the initiatives we're putting in place, and take a look at our policies that really come around and serve you, the people in your community. Make sure you're asking enough questions of the people that are in there today and see if they are really delivering and have the right mindset to work for you. These are civil servants. And our job and our goal in the Democratic Union of Zimbabwe is to work for you. We're asking you to come and engage with us, ask us questions, and see how we can best serve you as civil servants. And after we serve our time, we move on the baton to the next one. We're not in this for the money. We're not in this for the stomach. As the current politicians are currently showing you today, they're not serving you. It's evident. It's all around you. So what we're asking you to do is take a look at the Democratic Union of Zimbabwe. And we're asking you to take personal responsibility in this election. One is registered to vote. Don't allow this one moment to dictate the next five years of your life. If you're 23 years old today, you'll most likely either be married or have a child by the time you're 28, five years from now. Imagine having a child born in the hospitals that exist today. Imagine being able to go to a doctor's visit and have to pay cash and not knowing what currency you have to pay in. Imagine inflation increasing. Imagine the natural resources leaving you and you don't have a job to support your family. You can change that in this election. Simply register to vote. If you're 40 or 50 years old and you're looking at this election and you're not really, you don't feel anything's going to change, we present an alternative option for you to consider. And we're asking you to step up a little bit and go and register to vote and over the next four months engage with our message. So for that, I wanna thank you for this opportunity to speak directly to you and let you know that as, a, as your son and as a Zimbabwean in this country, we are going to push the agendas and we're going to push the results and execute on our operational functions to make sure they serve you today and tomorrow and for the next generation. Thank you. Wow, that is a powerful message. You, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm registered. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. Shall, shall we leave it there? Yes. Let's, <laughs> let's, we've been too serious, eh? Um, let's have fun questions. All right. 
fun questions. I like fun What's questions. your favorite Zimbabwean meal? Oh, that's easy. Southern uh, Mazondo. Uh, but lately, Southern uh, Matemba. Mm. Yeah. Did you get Southern Mazondo in America? Ah, uh, yeah, there's a guy in Ohio that sells uh, sadza. Sorry, I'm speaking short. No, it's okay. Okay. sadza. <laughs> Even Maputi. I don't take some Maputi. Yeah, so they come. There's a Zimbabwean guy who's making a lot of money just selling that stuff in uh, in the States. Yeah, yeah so uh, it comes there. Uh, I make it, I will admit. I'm not good, but I will tell you, technology is great. A lot of Zimbabweans have YouTube videos on how to cook Zimbabwean meals. <laughs> <laughs> Sadza Nemazondo is a special one, yes. which have uh, vegetables, yes. eh? rape and, and that kind <laughs> of stuff. Um, your favorite uh, Zimbabwean musician? Oh, that's tricky. Mm. Yeah, that's tricky. Um, I like Killer T. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Yeah, Oliver Mtukuzi. There's a song with Oliver Mtukuzi and Winky D. Yeah. Yeah, I think it fluctuates. I think it just, I, I jump around. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think, uh, but I can listen to Killer T's album uh, mm. probably mm. Uh, the entire thing, nonstop. Who is your favorite politician in the whole world? Wow, tricky. It depends on the time frame yeah. and, and what's taking place at that time. You know, um, studying them, because even my wife and I read books on different politicians, I admired um, probably Abraham Lincoln. Mm. And, but it's tricky. That history, that time frame yeah, is very tricky. You slavery know? And, uh, yeah, yeah, there's an argument that, you know, it's, you know the slavery. Emancipation. Yes, there's, there's arguments there. So... But I have to admire what he was going through in that time frame uh, that was there. So there are leaders. Have you read the book, Lincoln? Yes, I have. Beautiful. Yes, book. I have. Abraham Lincoln. Yes. Beautiful. Even JFK, uh, when, when I think of John F. Kennedy, uh, I'll be honest with you, I even, uh, at some, uh, you know, didn't, it started off extremely well, but didn't end so well. Robert Mugabe. Mm. What a well-spoken man. He used to be my hero. Yes. You know, I used to be so proud that uh, he was our president. Yes. But he, he ended badly. He did, it, unfortunately. Ended badly. Um, your favorite, do you have a, a favorite Zimbabwean author? Um, you know, I read, uh, I want to give a promotion here, but... Uh, <laughs> no, no, please, go ahead. <laughs> uh, you, uh, Yvonne Maposa is, okay. is one, yeah. So I've read her, uh, read her books, I've enjoyed them. Um, yeah, so I'll probably say, probably say uh, some, of, some, of her, some of her novels, yeah, some of her books. Glass of wine or oranges? Glass of wine. Glass of wine. Yes, uh, my wife is, uh, loves wine. So mm -hmm. uh, mine is going to be sort of uh, torn. Uh, Savion Blanc, preferably New Zealand, because uh, it doesn't give you the headaches afterwards. And then uh, the next day. And then um, Chenin Blanc, uh, South Africa. Uh, you can't go wrong. Chenin, that's the best. It's the only place to get it. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, you know, the Cape Town and Stellenbosch region. Chicago Bulls or who else? Uh, basketball, not really much into basketball. Okay. Yeah. So um, I don't really have a team there. You don't have, you're a golfer. Uh, golf and uh, I love football and, uh, and soccer. Mm -hmm. yes. So Manchester United or Arsenal? Manchester United. Oh dear me, can we stop <laughs> this thing right now? All the way, man, you. It was his childhood. So what would you want to be on your tombstone? The words on your tombstone. Came and lived. Came and lived. Yes, I, I you know, uh, I don't know what exactly would be on there, but uh, I what, can, I'm saying, what do you want? What, what do I want? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't know, but I can tell you that I'd want to know. I would want people to know that I came and I and I really lived. Uh, you know, the, the way I started, way the way my life started, and and what and and where it built up to and went through. Um, I'd want to know that you know I walked this earth and leave, and leave a mark on on this on this earth. That uh, there was a guy that came here once. This this is a place where this guy. 
uh, came here once and, and he did something. Yeah, the footprint. Yes. Robert, we love books on this show, so I'm going to put you on the spot and ask no, no for three books that you've read um, that uh, you'd want to recommend to our book-loving audience. I've, 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 interesting, we share uh, an admiration for, um, what's his name, uh, the American president? Um, Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. What a book about leadership. Yes. About leadership. Anyway, what books have you read that you'd want to share? Uh, one that I love and I read consistently is the... Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale, Dale Carnegie. And of course, I need to consistently read that as I am now talking to a lot of people. Um, the other one is also personal development. Uh, Tony Robbins, How to Awaken, uh, Awaken the Giant Within. I love Tony Robbins. I've been to several of his uh, four-day uh, four functions in the U.S. The one I'm reading right now is called The Four Agreements. Uh, by, uh, are you familiar with that one? Oh, yes, yes. By uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. Is, make sure your word is impeccable. Never make assumptions. Always do your best. Yes. What is the fourth agreement? I've um, forgotten. <laughs> yeah, but the key, the key fundamental of that is, you know, it's the agreement, it's the arrangement you're making. One is with yourself, right? Because you can't lie to yourself. And the one you, and the agreement you have with others, then the agreement you have with God, and that's another one that you can't lie about, right? And then the other one is the, the agreement you have with life. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, people say life is unfair. It, it genuinely is, but if we're only focused on what's not working. We will miss life. We will miss living. Robert, what a joy talking to you. Thank you. Um, I'll tell you why I love what you do. Because you're raising your hand Mm -hmm. and saying, this thing is broken and I want to play my role in fixing it. I might not not be able to, 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 to make it, but I'm standing up. I want to be counted. And I love your, your patriotism. Uh, you've been away, but you're still a Zimbabwean. I mean, it's, it's clear. The accent is still there. <laughs> <laughs> the Chinoishan accent is still there. So, Robert, uh, we wish you all the very best. Thank you. Uh, all that we want as uh, in conversation with Trevor is a Zimbabwe that works for all of us. Absolutely. We are non-partisan. We are non-political. We support Zimbabwe and a Zimbabwe that works. So we wish you all the very best. And Thank when you, you win, um, if you win, We'll invite you to come over there. Thank you. I'll be more than happy. And thank you for having Fantastic. me. Allow me to remain seated there. Allow me to address our viewers who watch us every Monday morning, rather, every Monday morning at 7 a.m. We are up on YouTube, 7 a.m. Central African time. To ensure that you don't miss out on any of these quality conversations, such as one I've had with Robert here, please subscribe. Press on this red button, subscribe. Remember to like and to share. We've gone a step further, by the way, and created podcasts for you and the sit on our website. Uh, visit our website and click on the links for your listening pleasure. We view or read all your comments uh, and we, la- we love the suggestions that you make. It takes time to get to the suggestions that you make as to who should uh, come onto the show, but we read your comments. Until next time, cheers to you all.